this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen. Thanks for joining us today for TED Speaks with your host, Ted Carew, the Positive Safety Coach. As co-host and Ted's wife, I have the added task of keeping Ted in line and laughing at his jokes, which isn't always easy. My name is Barb Carew. We are coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the Brewers, Miller Beer, and the Fonz. How could it get any better than that? Our podcast focuses on sharing ideas with business owners and safety professionals to keep employees safe and families together. Our passion for keeping people safe is the reason Total Health and Safety Solutions was created. This is how Ted is able to share his 25 years of safety experience by supporting companies around the globe in their efforts to strengthen their health and safety process. Please join us in welcoming Tom Fitzgerald. Tom began working in the auto parts plants in his native southeastern Michigan the day after high school graduation to attend Michigan Tech and Michigan State. In June of 1976, Tom obtained a BA in personnel administration management from MSU. Fitz immediately started his management career as a foundry line supervisor. Over the next several years, he rose in the ranks to become a plant manager with stints in personnel, risk and safety, and operations. In 1995, Tom began working for Parker Hannafin Corporation as a department manager. He received a Master of Science from Silver Lake College with a major in organizational behavior and management and a minor in training and development. Tom became an OSHA outreach instructor for general industry in 2012. In late 2017, Fitz retired as a human resources health and safety manager from Parker. In early 2018, Tom started his own company, Safety Fits, LLC. Tom is an adjunct instructor at Lakeshore Technical College and has taught at other colleges in Northeast Wisconsin. Fitz's company is devoted to building safety cultures and giving employers and employees the tools to keep each other safe through teamwork and employee engagement. Most recently, his niche seems to be specializing in mentoring new people to the field of health and safety that have little or no background and assisting organizations in their interactions with OSHA. Tom has published several articles on LinkedIn and his own website. Tom and his wife, Sally, of 44 years, have three adult daughters, an HR generalist, a kindergarten teacher, and a nurse. In addition, they have three son-in-laws, five grandkids, and a golden retriever puppy named Gus and two grand dogs. Hey, Tom, how are you doing today? I'm super. Good. We're excited to have you on the on the show. I think that it'll be uh, pretty exciting, uh, the things that you have to offer our uh, listening. 
people. So thank you. You're welcome. So can you kind of tell us a little bit about how you got into the safety business or the safety world, as we say? Well, I graduated from college back in the 70s in 1976. got my degree in something called personnel, which you know now is human resources. Yep. And I found myself starting to work in a very large automotive iron foundry over in Michigan. And I found myself out being a foundry supervisor for three to four years, running a line, what we call shakeout, where the captains are shaken out yep. of the mold, and then they're taken out and thrown into skids. Um, did that for three years, a little finishing department in there, running wheel abraders and shop blast cleaners and that kind of thing. And three years later, I was finally asked to go up to personnel, and I thought I'd really arrived to hire people and work on grievances and help bargain contracts. Do all that fun, exciting stuff that I thought personnel world was all about. And lo and behold, on my first day on the job, my boss took me in and set me down and said, you're going to be in charge of all the hourly employment, but you also get to be our new safety man, safety guy. And I thought, well, except for being a shop floor supervisor, I've never had any training or education or anything in any of that. So, but, uh, but being a baby boomer and, a, and the way I was taught to do things, I just jumped in with both feet and gave it my best shot. And over the years, I just seemed to have inherit, especially back in the 70s and 80s when you worked in personnel and then HR. Uh, back then, we didn't have a lot of EHS degree people around, so it always tended that HR and personnel got the safety role. So that's <laughs> yes, how I fell yes, into it, true. and that's how, I, that's how I learned through I just wanted to ask, Tom, in your 50 years as an adult worker, you've had a lot of different experiences and background. What changes have mm-hmm. you seen in the health and safety field? Well, technology, first and foremost, uh, back when I first started, while well, coming out of college, we had mainframe computers, but we certainly didn't have PCs. Nobody had ever heard of anything called the internet. Yeah. I remember completing the OSHA log by, with a pencil on a big sheet of paper and uh, actually erasing more than I seemed to write. And it's also gotten a little more, especially in the EHS world, more uh, specialized, more uh, and enhanced with technology as well. So, again, back in the old days, we didn't have PCs and the, anything ever called the Internet. So I see that. I also see more specialization. Again, back in the 70s, I went to a very large state university, and we had one, exactly one class. Matter of fact, when I was in college, OSHA was like three years old. Oh. So... So it was just getting started. We were kind of learning. We went along. I worked in a state that had its own state state plan, OSHA in Michigan. So I got to learn that. And uh, But there weren't a lot of EHS people around, people that had any kind of safety education or EHS training. So most of us had to learn it as we went along. And one of the things I liked about my OSHA or Michigan was they, they, they helped, helped you learn. They, they actually helped you more than they, they came around and were uh, an, an antagonist. They were they were more helpful, I thought. W- willing to work with you versus against you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. They'd actually train, back in the day, they'd actually train their, they'd actually come in and train your people in lockout, team guarding, things like that. Kind of on those same notes as, as how, um, you know, things have evolved and changed, since it's always a changing field and the workforce and safety, what advice would you give a new person entering the safety field? I was fortunate, I feel, that I was asked to begin my career out on the, on the factory floor where things got done. I learned how the work got done. I learned what, how things got made. 
understanding the process, right? Probably a lot. Yeah. There. I also learned intangibles, like what it felt like to be in the plant at three o'clock in the morning and being so tired, hardly walk. Mm-hmm. I learned what it was to ask somebody how to, you know, to go do something, which after four years of management courses, I thought I was pretty good at, but I soon mm-hmm. learned that when you walk up and ask somebody to do something and they tell you to do something unnatural to yourself that <laughs> they, don't really teach, they don't really teach you what to do in college and how to handle that. No, right, right. not at all. So I, I guess I, my advice to new people would be don't be afraid to go out and learn where the muda, as we call it the muda, don't go out, don't, don't go out and be afraid to learn the work. See what it's like to be out there at 11 or 12 o'clock at night. Get your hands dirty. Talk to people. Listen. As well as talk, talk. You know, my mom always said that uh, Tommy, uh, the good Lord, gave two ears and only one mouth. So you, mm-hmm. you, you should use the ears twice as much. <laughs> very I, wise. Very wise. I there. love it. I, I'm a bullheaded Irishman. And I often, in the passion <laughs> of the moment, I sometimes forget that. But that was probably some of the best advice I ever got. I would advise people get their hands dirty. I would agree with you. I mean, I, we started our own uh, company, and one thing I enjoy so much is, is getting back to the people um, on the one-on-one basis and, and understanding right. what they're doing and learning from them. So I agree with you. Right. So many, so many I see new HR people and new managers coming out on the floor, and they're, they're, just, they're afraid to talk to people. That, talk to people. They're, afraid to, they're afraid to get their, dirt, their hands dirty. They're afraid to get right in there and see. I'm not telling you to go and work, to stand out there and work, although I probably wouldn't hurt you to work a few shifts out on the line, but they're afraid of it. They don't want, they don't want to get their hands dirty. I just find that tragic. Yeah. And I know we, we talk sometimes too, when it comes to safety that, you know, it's important to, to involve management, get the buy-in from them, but it really um, comes down to the people, like you said, who are actually doing the work and to get their input. And be willing for them to ask questions and not shoot them down. So the fact that, you know, that was your experience, you kind of knew what was going on and behind the scenes. Um, A lot of times safety professionals now have to go in, but they don't understand necessarily the business unless they take the time. Right. So that's a a very good point. Tom, what is the difference that you see working with large corporations uh, for, you know, to small corporations to to medium-sized corporations? What do you see well, I really, work, really is in the eight, the uh, health and safety? How, how do you uh, work with those different types of sizes? Well, in my present position as a safety consultant, I find myself working mostly with uh, small to medium-sized companies. Uh, the large companies, like I, I work for a company called Parker Hannison, which is a huge multi-billion dollar company with 300 manufacturing locations in North America. Mm-hmm. They have the resources. I mean, we had a corporate EHS department that would rival most consulting firms uh, that I could rely on. Most small people don't have that. <clears throat> There's also somewhat a big difference on what the goals and missions of a, a company are. Again, if you're a, work for a large corporation, it's all about maximizing stockholder equity, stockholder profits, where a small company is about keeping the owner happy. And it even gets down, down simple things. Uh, I know when I started in the business, uh, my own safety consulting business, conditions so much to worrying about OSHA reportable rates and DART rates and TIR rates that, that that's what my I thought everybody wanted to do, but I soon found out small and medium manufacturers, they're all, they're all concerned about the mod rates. They're all worried about work comp mod rates, which is more about severity as opposed to number of injuries you have. In a large corporation, we're always self-assured, so we're not really 
we're not worried about what an insurance company wants to pay because we pay it ourselves. So we're more worried about just the pure number. For, I mean, I got my raise working for a large corporation depending on how many OSHA recordables I had. So that was my main concern. Mm-hmm. So I think coming to working with smaller companies, their focus is definitely different. And, uh, and I found that a little hard to get used to at first. So I, I would say that was the big difference. Differences. You own your own company, Safety Fits, and I know you said that you work with smaller to medium-sized companies. Is there a right. niche that you fill for oh, these businesses? Oh, yes. Yeah. First of all, I find myself working, uh, kind of ironic, I've kind of come full circle. I find myself working a lot with, with a, seems, seems like small to medium large companies do what to some of their employees what happened to me. They, they pick the lowliest engineer or the new HR person, and they just make them the safety person. And or the person that showed up last for the meeting. <laughs> right. And, and, and these people know very little about the safety game. They don't have any education. They don't have training. Uh, and I've also found maybe even with somebody that does, maybe that somebody just graduated from UW-Whitewater in and, and environmental health and safety, they, they may have some of the theory in the, in the, behind the whole game, but they don't really know how to apply it. So I find myself being brought in to help these new people build safety cultures and especially for the people that have no training to learn what's important to do and what's important to know. Uh, one of my tricks is, first of all, I always, what I, I was lucky enough in my long career in, in working for corporations is that I never had a fatality. And one of the things I, always, that was one of my major concerns when I first became a safety person. I never wanted to have fatalities. So praise the Lord that I never had one directly. I used to go on fatality teams for Parker to other Parker locations. But I never had one. And I think that's important for young people. If people new to the business understand, in my opinion, your number one goal is not to have a fatality. That's the worst phone call to ever have to make to somebody, somebody's spouse. And what what things do you do to make sure that you're not going to have a fatality? And then we work down from there. So I find myself working a lot with new people to the business or to the the field. And I also feel, especially the last couple of years, find myself working a lot with OSHA was dealing with companies that's gotten OSHA citations. Now, it's tragic that I often get called in after they've already got cited, sort of like trying to deal with a horse after it's already got a barn. Right, yes. But I find myself working through the, the OSHA citation process. I've been very successful about getting citations. Not eliminated, that's sometimes difficult. That's usually what I find with some of these small media manufacturers. When OSHA's got you, they got you. But at least getting the, the fine down and maybe reducing it from a serious violation to other than serious or get the repeat removed or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I find myself doing that a lot. And then I also get into uh, working with safety, creating good safety culture uh, and how that, how important that is to having a good safety program. It is very important. So those are my basically three niches. I, I also have, I think I have an advantage because I have a long, I have a lot of experience being a supervisor I also get a lot in supervisor training because I can relate to being a supervisor. Very few supervisors have ever been in a situation that I haven't been in in, my, in the past. And my first company that I worked for was very good about teaching me how important I was safety role. Yeah, that so makes a big difference. One of the things I see a lot of, that's the other, I guess that's going back to differences. I see a lot of employers doing now is letting the supervisor off the hook and not involving this realm in the whole safety program. To me, they're, they're the year lieutenants that are out there fighting the battle and they have to be 
really, really involved in the whole process. Well, they're, they're, they're crucial to your success, but I think in today's world, I think that now employers are probably a little bit more hesitant about uh, doing that to their supervisors because it's tougher to find those type of people. And I, at least that's what I've kind of run across a little bit too is, is that I think with the times changing and harder to find quality help, I think a lot of the, the smaller companies at least have, have, have uh, found it difficult uh, to discipline because they're afraid that that employee may leave or that supervisor may leave. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Well, my thought is the very first thing I was taught. Well, the very, the very first thought, thing I ever got when I walked in the foundry was a DuPont stop book. You know, the old program yep. that's based on behavioral based safety. Yep. And I learned that in 1976. I don't let anybody ever tell you BBS new because it's not. <laughs> uh, the other thing, the, the very first, the second thing that I was taught, and I thought it was kind of different at first, was it might, might, it might not be my fault that my employee Ted got hurt, but it was gosh darn sure. In fact, they were told to me a little more uh, forcefully than that. Direct. It might not have been my fault that Ted got hurt, but it was gosh darn sure my responsibility to find out why Ted got hurt. And gosh darn for sure, for sure, for sure, my responsibility to make sure that Barb didn't get hurt for the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was my one number one task as a supervisor. Those people belong to me. And they were my responsibility. Yep. And I just see organizations letting supervisors off that hook. Uh, and that was drilled into me over and over again. The second thing was that that you are you are you walking the walk and talking the talk. You have the you have the dog wagging the tail or the tail wagging the dog. I remember I had an old foundry general foreman that would sit back. He goes, Tom, do we have the, do we have the dog wagging the tail or the tail wagging the dog? <laughs> so it was all about what, what is really important. So I tell Ted that lockout's important. But if I don't ever ask Ted, Ted, show me how you lock this machine out. Or Ted, thank you for locking out. I am walk, I'm walking by and I see you, you just locked out. I really want to, I appreciate it. If I don't ever ask you about it, when I tell you it's important, how important is it really? Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I come around and ask Ted all the time, how many pieces he made? Did he make some good parts? So I'm always reinforcing all the time. Those things are important. But when I say safety is important, how, how do I reinforce that? Yeah, kind of just breaking it down a little bit more, right? I mean, in showing that. If I don't ever, if I don't ever reinforce it or don't, I don't ever ask about it, it's not really that important. Just right. because I say it is doesn't make it important. I have I need to show it as well as talk. You need to follow. So you got to walk the walk and talk the talk. Definitely. Hey Tom, got one one last question for you before we uh, finish up. Um, you talk okay. a lot about lean safety programs. Can you kind of explain that to our listeners, please? Well, towards the end of my career, I was very fortunate to work for a company called Park, again Parker Hannifin, which is really really into lean. And I learned that lean just isn't a manufacturing process. It really is everything. It's everything about the business. And it's about having a vision to make things better and better and better. So there's a lot more to it. And I can't teach you all there is about lean or a lean safety program in just a few minutes. But it, it sort of gets into always, always thriving. Always get, it's sort of like zero, zero injury philosophy or zero defect philosophy. You might not ever get there, but the important thing is the thriving. Right. The leaning things out, the making things more, making better and better and better, and involving people 
getting their ideas, making things visual so they're easier to understand, uh, leaning out the weight, getting the waste out. And there's waste in safety process, getting them out. So it's always about improving, 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 and engaging your employees so they're active in that process. That's what I think, in part, a lean safety program is. It's very compatible and has to be compatible with a lean manufacturing program or a lean finance program or a lean quality program. Yeah, it's a, it's a systematic way of safety, right? And that goes along with every other part of what the organization is doing. Right. Well, it goes into, for example, I, I am of the opinion of some of the purest EHS people will argue with me that safety and quality are almost the same thing. So you use the same problem-solving techniques, the same way to improve. You, you use the same kind of tools you use to improve quality as you do safety. Mm-hmm. There's IH, IH, ISO 9000 for quality. Well, there's ISO 18000 for safety, or 45000 now for safety. They're, they use different terminology, but the structure is the same. Yeah, the, the more and you the, find out about a lot of these different systems and stuff like that, they actually are very similar. Right, and the bottom line is, Think about it. How, do, how does scrap and rework get made? It's because some human behavior allowed it to happen. Well, how do people get injured? Somebody allowed it because, to happen. Because, because of human behavior. Right. The same reason. So, again, I think safety and quality are very similar. But I know some, there's some EHS purists out there. No, no, no. I'm a, qual- I'm a safety guy. I'm not, I'm not into that quality stuff. Well, I also believe in not re- reinventing the wheel. Why? Why? <laughs> Why have two differences? Why why not do things the same? That's partly what that's partly what lean is all about. Right, and I think so. When we can learn from others, it can only make us better in safety. And I think a lot of um, the safety professionals listening to this would would agree. Right. But Tom, as you and know, Mike, as you know, I'm the uh, positive safety coach, and uh, mm-hmm. now is that time of the show where we like to have a little fun with you. And I just want to see if you are ready for this for our for oh, our God. jokes. <laughs> I'll do my best. No one's ever really ready for our jokes, but uh, you never know. You never know. Why do dogs tend to run in circles? You being a big dog person, and Barbara and I being a big dog person, we thought this would be appropriate. Why do dogs run in circles? Well, I could get crude, especially male dog. But <laughs> oh, this I is guess a clean I'm show. Thinking, I'm thinking to get get a hold of their tail because it's really hard to run in a square. <laughs> I sort of like my. I sort of like mine better. <laughs> Maybe we'll and, have- and I'm sure some of the listeners are going. Oh, I want to hear that one, right? Now, now the FCC is probably going to keep me on your case for being too crude. But oh we have well. one one last one here for you, and this is. Uh, well, I think you might get this one. What happens if you cross a dog with a telephone? A dog with a what? Telephone. Oh, wow. Cross a dog with a phone. I'm going to give you a little bit of a hint. We both have one. Oh, no, 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 no. Do you have any guesses? Tommy's still there. Sorry, I lost you again. That's okay. No problem. What we're going to do is we'll just, uh, Barbara's going to restate the joke and we'll just start from from the beginning. I thought maybe you just didn't want to hear my jokes. Yeah, maybe you got sick of our jokes, we thought. (laughs) Okay. I got a joke for you. I got got the, the first joke I ever learned in my life. What is it? Why did the moron jump off the Empire State Building? Well, I'm really bad at jokes. What is it? <laughs> Unless we have the answers in front of us, we're not very good at them, I guess. He wanted to be a smash on Broadway. <laughs> oh, <laughs> cha-ching. <laughs> 
Okay. I learned that joke when I was five years old. Wow. <laughs> And you remember it. That's pretty. I can't remember jokes that we told our last episode. So, <laughs> well, here's the one we're going to end with. Uh, what happens if you cross a dog with a phone? A dog with a phone. And oh. to give you a hint, we both have one. Uh, you, you got me. A golden receiver. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was a pretty good one. Yes. That, that's an that, honor that of your puppy good. Gus. Yes. You, you got, you uh, got Gus. Gus looking at me now. He must have heard that. <laughs> <laughs> For our listeners, just to know that uh, Tom and uh, Barb and I, we both we all have golden retrievers, so we were uh, kind of making that. So, yep, that was in honor of the puppers. Hey, Tom, thanks for being on the show today. Um, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you or learn more about you, how would they do that? Well, there's two ways, that, or three ways, really. You can contact me on LinkedIn via my LinkedIn profile. You can also go to www.safetyfit, S-A-F-E-T-Y-F-I-T-Z, uh, dot com. Or call me, 920-901-8860. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. I want to wish you the best of holidays and try to not overindulge. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be a challenge for me, I know. And uh, again, thank you very much for being on the show. And thanks for being on TED Speaks. Have a super safe day. Bye, Tom. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to TED Speaks with Ted Carew, owner of Total Health and Safety Solutions, providing health and safety support to businesses by customizing a safety process to fit their needs, big or small. Please connect at ted.carew at healthandsafetynow.com or visit our website, healthandsafetynow.com to share your safety stories or find out more about how we can work together to ensure your people go home safely and turn an expense into a profit center. Follow us and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Have a super safe week.